the greatest give that you'll ever be able to give is love, you know? And that's the, you know, that's the message of Jesus. That's the message of the gospel, you know? And those are the tools you can use, but it's like wherever you go, it's like nothing is produced without love. Nothing is produced without intentionality and care. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. Hosts James Curtis talk to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Well, here we are, episode 218 of Between the Grooves, your look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. In just a moment, we're heading to the Golden State of California for a chat with Ryan Ellis. His big hit right now, Heart of the Father, but he's also written songs for other notable CCM artists as well. Before we get to that, though, a reminder to join me for our Christmas episode where we bring back many of our previous guests over the last year to share some Christmas memories. And I've got a little surprise for you, too. Okay, let's get to my conversation with Ryan Ellis. So much to cover his journey, how his work at rehab centers has inspired much of what he does in music, the state of the church in North America, poverty, his family, particularly the loss of his son. Oh, there's so much to talk about. Let's get Between the Grooves with Ryan Ellis. Sometimes my ADHD will get distracted. So Look, a squirrel. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Do you seriously have have a disorder, or are you just? I mean, I, I would be pretty. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that I probably have like a disorder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a diagnosis, but I mean, I have all this, you know, telltale signs. <laughs> like, I mean, did you have the problem in school? Where you just couldn't, you know, keep attention or, you know, you know, keep focused on what was going on? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's so hard because these disorders, you know, I, it's attention, dis, you know, give me something that I'm really, that I really want to focus on and I don't have it, you know right. what I'm saying? So right. it's a matter of just like, maybe I don't want to focus on what you want me to focus yeah. on. Maybe I'm just not interesting. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just not that interested in what you're trying to show me. <laughs> right, exactly. I hear you. So, yeah. Same thing when I was in school, same sort of thing. If it's it's just something boring. Like, how can you stay focused um, yeah. uh, listening to something that you're not interested in? And it's the yeah. same thing when you hear preachers, too, if I can say. My, 100%. Yeah. My brother is a pastor, and, and I I don't know if, if it's because I'm related to him, but I, I can get into when he's talking because he has not not that he's making up illustrations but he has you know when he does give an illustration it's it's practical it's something real life something that you can relate to and yeah. then he also goes and and gives the whole background like if he's if he's studying um, a good example is he was doing a, a series on the book of hebrews and i mean what a difficult book to do a series on but yeah. he laid the foundation with all this background information so you kind of could see where he was getting at from from what happened back then to and relating it to what's happening in life today so um, yeah. it was easier to get into that way it's a gift it really is you know people who have the gift of teaching and yeah you know there's all different types of man there's so many different styles of preaching that's out there right now and so many different i feel like you have the judah smiths where it's very like like it's like a have you ever like a judah you know who judah smith is yeah yep. judah smith is like i've and i've seen him live and i was like oh i get it you know it's like 
this uh, theatrical, like emotional, you know, like this thing he's sucking you into. Um, there's humor, there's, you know, what, you know, wisdom and, yeah. and all that other stuff. Um, but then some other preachers, they just like straight up reading the textual, you know, like, you know, from the word and then breaking it down from the Hebrew and, and then you just got Holy Spirit fire preachers, you know, there's so yeah. many different kinds, I think, which is good because there's just so many different kinds of people, you know, there's so yeah. many different kinds of ways that people connect you know as long as they're not yelling oh man sometimes you need a, li- a little yelling <laughs> oh, i don't know I, that, that's the no, one thing that bothers I, me when i hear somebody yeah, yelling a preacher yelling it's just like you know i, I can hear you like <laughs> i get tone it, it down yeah. a bit you know i get it because yeah there's like sometimes frustrations like remember uh mark driscoll back in the day yeah. like dude whenever i saw that guy yell i was like nah i was like you just want to be like lock it up bro like right. <laughs> you yeah. know like stop yelling at you know i get it like how dare you and i'm like well bro. yeah why are you mad at me right i don't get it and, yeah. and it's not necessarily yeah. they're mad they're just very uh emotional i suppose but just try the to passion. tone it down you know like yeah there's the nothing passion, wrong with being yeah. passionate but but stop yelling you know i can hear you fine and you're hurting my ears you know <laughs> you know the good kind of yelling is like martin luther king type yelling you know what yeah. I'm saying? yeah but they were like yelling because they are preaching to like you know fifty thousand people you know at you know Washington yeah. monument yeah and but it just it feels like the there's you know that type of preaching when it gets to like uh you know there's that one sermon martin luther king preaches when he's like i'm not fearing any man remember that one where yeah. he's like you do a good job by the way the ma- uh, the- <laughs> dude i've listened to it over and over again man where it's just like man it's powerful that type of passion you know what yeah. i'm saying but when you're just up there kind of it feels like a it feels like a temper tantrum yeah <laughs> now speaking of passion i gotta yeah. say your song heart of the father um that bridge mm. wow we sing praise i mean you could yeah, you could a, sing that forever yeah it's a and, good one and and the uh the harmonies that that are in there that just keep building and building and building it's just wow what a powerful song and and yet the lyrics are are so simple you know yeah very simple and it's uh you know it was because of the college town that you know we lived in and uh we had to you know it very simple for us i think you know the simpler you make things the easier it is um and so you know we Call, we were in a college town doing worship nights in the backyard, um, in the back garage. We didn't have like a, a you know a prompt, a prompter or like words to put up. Mm-hmm. You know, we just kind of sang what was easy to sing, you know. And and for us, it broke it down too because we were like, well, it can't be super wordy, you know. If it's gonna hit too, it's gonna hit, you know. People yeah. will catch it right away. So, I think these days, um, maybe it's just because of the competition out there. Uh, I find that uh, a lot of songwriters tend to be too wordy. It's almost like they're trying to over-engineer the song. Yeah, I think a lot of that happens because of, you know, just the way writing is these days. You don't have a lot of people that are just writing songs by themselves. That's a lot of co-writing, you know, which is what I do too. You know, I'm big co-writer you know i haven't you know i i start off in the secret place but then you know you really finish the song co-writing and um but i think a lot of the times what's happened now is people don't start off in the secret place or they're not doing it and then they're just going in to these rights and then 
then it just gets real wordy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and almost you know, too big, I'm, almost too big as well. You know? Yeah, too big or just you know, and it's hard to get those authentic worship. You know, like what people are really loving right now is like um, worshipful moments. You know, like the Stephanie Gretzinger's or like you know the Map City moments. These really worshipful, inspired, spontaneous moments. But that comes like spontaneously, you know, and and that's why YouTube is so amazing. And um, you know, you can capture those moments with recordings, but to write that is like, you can't write those things. And mm -hmm. that's really what people want to see. So it's hard, you know, you got all these co-writers that are just going in, but I think there's a, I think there's like a balance of having songs that have depth and have meaning and words. And then there's the songs that just, you know, I think it's okay if there's just simplicity in songs sometimes too. So yeah. that needs to be the balance. I prefer the simple stuff because I, I just, I can't figure out some of the more complicated songs. It's, 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 it's above me. <laughs> 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 no, you're, you're a worship pastor. So what sort of songs are you leading in your church? Well, I'm not a worship pastor um, as much as I am just a husband and a, a father right now, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, and a songwriter, I'm not, you know, right now we aren't really at any church. We, you know, after the pandemic, before the pandemic, we were really kind of just wandering in the desert. You know, we were, I was working for a church, um, and, um, and then we had a son that was born with uh, special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he was like in, he was a very rare case and it, you know, required a lot of time. And so, uh, the church, you know, and that's what, you know, that's what we're all learning along the way is like, what is church? You know, it's family, it's community. It's because when it, where I, where I was, it was more, you know, from what I found out, it's just like, it's just a business, you know? And then yeah, after yeah. getting let go from that, from that position, after my son was born for budget cuts, they, um, you know, I was really faced with this thing of like, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to another church and like, just start, like, I'm in the middle of this chaotic season with my family. Um, my son, you know, they said he wasn't going to live a week, then he wasn't going to live six months. And then, you know, he, he lived a year and a half, you know, and he was fighting. It was just this really rare disease, the syndrome that he had. Um, but this whole time, you know, we were on lockdown, you know, before lockdown even happened, we mm -hmm. were, you know, my family, his, his immune system was so weak, you know, he had oxygen uh, machines, you know, feeding tubes and, um, you know, really just, we were just at home for like maybe two years. And, um, and we kind of got to see really like our community around us, the people who did come through the people who didn't, you know, and, you know, you know, bro, hard times, man. There's not that many people. It's it. It really comes down to you and Jesus, and the churches that we, you know, you know, a lot of churches shut down around here. A lot of people stopped gathering, and um, and so I'm kind of like been writing these songs. I've been writing these songs and doing this album, you know, where I was a worship pastor and I was a worship leader at churches, and I, you know, I did house churches and, and movements and all this other stuff, and God like brought me into the season of just being, you know, 
with my family and with him and, um, and a few other brothers. And, uh, and that really has been like what church has been to me is just like doing life deeply with people, Mm -hmm. you know, like these churches that I've been going to, like, I just, I knew, I knew maybe like the sound guy and like the worship past, like the worship other, you know, whatever. I didn't, I didn't like, and I saw these people, Hey, what's up? But it wasn't like I was like, these homies were coming over and like, you know, babysitting my kids or crying with me when my son, you know, you know, and, you know, so the circle got real small. So that's been my church, you know, and my church has been me and my family, my wife, my kids. And, uh, and these songs have been, you know, and, and the people around me, you know, I've been finding like, you know, that's been my biggest question is like, God, what am I doing right now? You know, mm-hmm. what am I doing right now? Cause it used to be, you know, leading, you know, college ministries up in Santa Barbara. Then it used to be leading a spontaneous worship night in coffee shops. And then it used to be uh, mega churches in orange County. And then it's nothing, <laughs> you right. know, and then it was like, now you gotta, now you gotta take care of your family. And, um, and I still had to worship because I still had the heat on me. Cause I had these record labels, you know, you knocking on, the door and i was like god am i supposed to sign these record label these deals and he was like this is where you're supposed to go you know and uh in the midst of like my son passing away and everything it was like okay god where 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 are we going next and my church has been my a and r team <laughs> right my my publishing team my uh, the people that I'm co-writing with, you know, that's my mission field. And those are the people that I commune with. And it's been, it's been eye opening, but it's also been a trip to be like, okay, doesn't always look the way you think it's going to look. So these songs have been ministering to me, my wife, my kids. Um, and it's so interesting because it is kind of hard because, you know, like we're seeing everywhere, people like these worship moments and they like to see these circles and people going off, but I'm not really doing that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I have these songs that I know in my heart. If you put me in a crowd of people, like I could lead them, but dude, the pandemic COVID, like my recent season with my son, I haven't been in front of people in a minute, but Mm -hmm. whenever I am in front of people, it's like the most amazing thing. It's like, whoa, God, these songs do work and people do connect with these songs. But that's my biggest challenge right now is trying to find out where I can play. It's like, do you think you'd ever get back to that point where I hate to say it like you said it, but the business of church, would you ever get back into that sort of scenario? Um, I feel like I'm in the biggest church right now, Christian music game. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. This is, this is like the same thing, you know, it's like you have, you know, at the end of the day, it's people, you know, it's like, you know, when you're working for a church, or if you're volunteering at a church, you're there because you know that it's about people, you yeah. know? Um, and that's the game for, I think that's, that's the game of life. You know, if you can figure out, you know, I was writing this, I woke up this morning getting ready for this thing and the, and the phrase, you know, and I wrote it on my notes, but it's like the greatest give that you'll ever be able to give is love, you know? And, and it's, and that's the, you know, that's the message of Jesus. That's the message of the gospel, you know, and those are the tools you can use, but it's like, wherever you go, it's like nothing is produced without love. Nothing is produced without intentionality and care. You know, right. and there's fruit from that. So I've been just thinking, 
wherever I go, wherever God puts me, I'm just going to try to be that, you know? You know, if you're volunteering or on staff at a church, if that's all you are doing and you don't have relationships with people that you work with or that you're with, volunteering with, um, it kind of defeats the whole purpose because that's not what the church community was ever intended to be. Yeah, and you have a lot of people that will walk away and say, oh, I was hurt by the church because that's what they go in expecting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's hard because it people are people, you know, and, and uh, it's just this like back and forth game, I think, even for myself, it's like, going back into my into my own heart and and my 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 secret place with God and getting the blueprint for my my surroundings you know what i'm saying um where so many people they don't know how to develop that that conversation with God they don't know how to develop that conversation within themselves and talk to you know and process those things and have the right filters to where you're going in with a mission rather than trying to get, you know what I'm saying? And when you go into places and you're trying to get, you will always be disappointed because no one will ever be able to give you whatever, you know, to fill that void, right? whatever that void is. So it's like signing up to work for a church. You think you're going to be in like this crazy, amazing, you know, but I think the hardest thing to really comprehend is like, it's always going to be messy. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and there's just, it's, and that's the thing. That's the game. It's like, it's, it's, it's the ups and downs and learning how to just get better every day. You know, like I've been leading, you know, in to, you know, I've been actually leading in front of people. Um, but it's been these rehab homes out here in orange County. Um, and my buddy who, we started these house churches back in the day, um, like in 2016, 17. And we were doing these house churches called Gospel House in Orange County and focused on the youth and like doing these amazing worship encounters and just creating community and and building building up young people. And it was awesome. And then, you know, everything shut down. And my, my, my buddy, who was the kind of the, the pastor, the speaker, he gets involved in these rehabs he his friend says hey you know you can be kind of like a you know there's a ministry time and stuff like that and so he goes in and he starts using the gospel you know like the stuff that he taught at these uh, gospel house nights you know and it's these kids are getting total transformation you know he's seeing a crazy turnaround where a lot of rehabs they don't turn like the 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 you know, I don't like to say failure rate, but the failure rate in, in rehabs, the turnaround is so quick and it's so high. The, like the, the people who don't actually get any healing from it, you know, they go, but with the it's, gospel, it's, not, and it's the, not rehabbing them. Exactly. It's yeah. just kind of like this. And, you know, um, and I've just been thinking like, so I've been going there and doing these, try my songs out, you know, going there because I've been like, if these songs hit with these people, you know, they have to hit with the church, you know, like these are real people who really need, you know, something deeper than whatever they're getting. So I'd go in there, I share some of my testimony and I'll sing, you know, heaven, you know, which is on my EP. My head is, I'm in tube because everybody's lost somebody, you mm-hmm. know, everybody's lost somebody. Everyone's gone through that type of, you know, everybody hurts. And, um, you know, and I feel like 
that's just a great way to communicate with people who aren't real Christians, but everybody will, you know, everyone has some sort of spirituality, you mm-hmm. know, and I ease into, it. I start talking to them and then I start introducing Jesus and not to manipulate, but just to, I'm just talking about my own experience, you know, from when I first got encountered to where I am right now. And it's undeniable, like just the miracles and the, and what God has done and these kids are detoxing in front of me, but then they're just so focused and wide-eyed. You know what I'm saying? Remember we're talking about ADHD and like, you know, these people, you can see they got something to look at now. You know, I can see it in their eyes and I'm seeing the transformation and I'm, I'm like, whoa, and I'm playing these songs. And then they come to this bigger event that we do called God Shot, which is more rehabs and we put them all in one spot and then we just go in and it's beautiful to see, but I was just thinking, it was like churches are just emotion or just spiritual, emotional rehabs for people, you know, in a lot of ways, like, you know, they, they come to these churches and they expect to like have all the answers figured out when everyone is there because everyone's trying to get the answer figured out, you know, like everyone's trying to get that spiritual healing, you know, they're trying to get that community with, with God and with people and, but everyone there is, we're all messed up. You know what I'm saying? Like we all got, we're not, who's really qualified. And so when people are failing you, it's like, it's just because we're all the same, you know, like we're all just trying to do our best and, and you can't hold expectations over people. So, you know, that's been, that's my journey too. That's what I've been like learning for myself because I have, I feel like my biggest issue is like, I have, I have too big of a heart. I used to trust people too much, you know? And then, and then, and then you just see that people are going to be people, but you know, it's hard loving. Loving is hard. Yeah. I, I find that if, if, uh, I don't know if this is a term or not, but the structured church in North America, um, tend to, I shouldn't say even, even use the word tend to very often they can become clubs. Like it's the cool yeah. thing to do. And that's that's what bothers me because what you're describing um, at these rehab places is that's church. I mean, that you know, everybody's broken, everybody's got hurts, everybody's got problems, and the church was never meant to be a resort. It's meant to be a hospital. Oh my gosh, it's so refreshing to be in these rehab meetings because I can be as broken as I want to be. Because yeah. these guys are as broken as can be. And like, they're not high. They're detoxing in front of me. Like, some of them are just shivering. They got a blanket over them, no shirt, you know, and they're just kids, you know. But it's like, it's not, you know, you, I have, it's so hard now for me to like hear people when they just judge and they hold up these picket signs, man. And, and I'm like, dude, you just don't have any idea mm. what that person has been through or like, the trauma they've experienced, the molestation, you know, what, you know how many girls are molested, you know, at a young age, like a lot of females are like just sexually abused at such a young age and, and young boys too. And that'll jack any human being up in the mind. And then, and then we have the right to be like, I don't know. It's just so weird. I think we, we expect people to have these breakthroughs, um, when you know i've been saying is like salvation and emotional health are two separate things mm-hmm. jesus came and he saved you know what i'm saying he's a, he's the savior and our salvation is there and there's fruits of the spirit you know it's like i feel like people 
are are intermingling these things and that's where people can't really get their breakthrough you know where people it needs to be normalized that like there are people who do struggle with depression and people who do struggle with certain disorders and different things because the human person has has experienced so much traumatic like so much trauma in their life and these scars that are all in their body and you know i've heard it said it's like there's this thing it's like um if you were to collect every single foul smell you ever smelt in your entire life and you brought it into your house and you just locked it up who you know if you opened up that door it's gonna smell terrible and that's what we do with our trauma you Mm -hmm. know our our emotions we just shove it down and we shove you know god is good over it and that and we don't actually get to air it out we don't actually that's why it says confess your sins to your brother and sister so that you may be healed but i think so often we think that sin we're like oh this is like it's you just gotta like talk about it you know you got to get it out but these these clubs and these different types of church movements where it's like if you're not operating in a high level of joy then you're not operating in the holy spirit and that to me is where people like get lost right so yeah that and the fact that people just kind of show up because it's the cool thing to do and and they're not really participating i suppose yeah they're just there just to check it out and well it's a great facebook or instagram post right to say that i was there and post a selfie or oh, something yeah. you know like just yeah i feel like there's there's all there's all types of people that you know are drawn to different you know but again i have to like i always go back and forth with like okay god you're using that place you know for everything you know like god you're you're using this place and you're you know and and sometimes it can feel that way but you know i've been just trying to stay present you know what i'm saying i've been trying to stay present i've been trying to stay focused on my family on me what what getting up early you know i've been trying to get up early early like four o'clock in the morning five o'clock and just going for a run and getting my mind right with with god and um because all those things, I'm an artist, you know, I'm a Christian artist. It's so funny, right? Christian artist, where art is so abstract and Christianity is something that's so truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. how do you mix those two? But I'm trying, you know what I'm trying to like display what's on the inside so that, because now we're not all the same. You know, we all, there's one truth, but we're not all the same in how we connect. So I'm like trying to... I, stay focused on my grind stay focused on what god's called me to do and that's a message too man it's like you see all these people out there it's like that's the thing about social media and that's the thing about just the day and age we live in you know is we have so uh many distractions and we have some you know such an easy way to do it you know it's funny we have the phone it's called the apple phone and yet we pick it up every single time you know that's what i've been thinking every single time i go to pick up that iphone i go am i taking from the tree or am i giving to the tree you know what i'm saying like (laughs) am i every single time i've been doing that now like it just snapped in my head past couple like a week ago and i'm like okay when i pick this phone up am i taking am i trying to you know this apple is it to bite and get something that i feel like that i don't have or is it to give something away right um that's a good way of looking at it because because you know i've always looked at my phone as a tool right versus versus you know a lot of people have 
um, a, a smartphone that they just use to play games or watch videos or whatever else. And and I guess that's part of it too. Are you giving or are you taking? Uh, they're just yeah. taking whether they need that or not, I suppose. Uh, scrolling on social media and just wasting time. But are you actually doing something constructive with that device? Right. Yeah. That's been my biggest thing. It's like just getting sucked into comparison, getting sucked into, um, you know, just feeling not where I should be or where, you know, you start, it's a, that's the, that is exactly what, you know, the enemy wants you to do, man. You know, we got the apple now, like in our hands. So I just, I just been trying to really stay present, trying to stay focused and have the real sensibility of like the present is heaven. You know, for me, when I, you know, I can, I don't know what heaven's going to be like. And all these people who be like, who are, you know, who hear this and they're going to say like, heaven's going to be so much better than earth. I'm like, dude, you don't know. (laughs) You have no idea, bro. You have no idea. And you know what I'm going to be doing when I'm in heaven? I'm probably going to be TiVoing my memories of when my babies were like born, you know, and when like, you know, when I got those moments with my wife when we were laying in bed and just staring at each other, you know, no words, you know, like, Mm Yeah, heaven's going to be amazing, bro. But what's amazing is when you actually get to feel the present moment and you take it in and there's and it'll never happen again. You don't have a phone. I don't have a picture or video. And and you have that conversation with God in your head and you're like, dang, this is this is it right here. This is beautiful. Yeah. And when you can really sit in a place of thankfulness, that fullness, that's actually heaven. You know, that's what I feel like. That's what God intended for us to feel, you know. But if you don't have an idea of like, you know, some people get to peace through different ways. Right. But if it's like a lifestyle of Jesus, you eventually get to that place where you can sit and you can really like step back because all your fears are calmed because of what God has said. All your anxiety is gone because, you know, because it's filtered through truth. And then, and then you have the, the eyes of love for your family because you know what forgiveness and mercy and kindness is. And you, and you can appreciate your children because you know how precious life. You know, these things are only incorporated. You don't think this other way. You know, like who, who else thinks this way except for, you know, Christians, you know? And then you get to this place of real like, wow, I'm just thankful. Yeah. You know? And um, that's, that's the goal. I think, uh, you know, based on what you've said, and and I agree with it, I think, um, you know, when you look at a phone, um, I think it's become an idol of sorts, um, or, or perhaps the on, online persona has become the idol, where um, you spend more time worried about what people think of you. Um, and sometimes I, I, I'll just scroll and I don't spend tons of time online. I really don't because I, I don't have time. Like I've got a job, I've got a family, I've got <laughs> responsibilities. And I, and, and then when I yeah. do scroll, I think, how, how did you find all that time to post all that stuff? You know, not me, but, but other people, I was looking at one oh, person man. the other day and it's like, whoa, you, you've posted like within, within a span of 20 minutes, you've made three, four different posts on, you know, this event that you attended and they're all selfies. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, uh, what's what's important to you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have my opinions about social media um as far as like what what helped what's healthy for me and what's not healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um as far as like 
what it's you know you know what's funny is jesus came back in a time where um the world had been helvenized you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and that's where we get the word uh is that hell um that font you know but rome had basically conquered the 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 known world and they helvenized and they made you know people learn a certain type of uh greek and um the whole world knew it you know so there was this access that jesus had to the whole world it came at that time you know when he when he died and rose again they were able to write the gospel and the whole world was able to, um, you know, hear it. And I feel like that's what social media is if you look at it that way. Um, but you have to be intentional with it, you know? So some people get caught up and they start, you know, they're thinking that they're doing something for God and they're actually building the tower of Babel, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, it's, and it's kind of funny too, because there is both those things. You just have to be so aware, man. You cannot be in this life just floating around. You have to have like intentionality with everything, every relationship, every, every outlet, all your, and you only have a certain amount of energy a day, you know? So you have to like know what you're pouring into. And if it's, if it's taking from you or you're pouring energy out, you know, if it's taking your energy, that's what happens to a lot of people. It happens to me, you know, on social media too, but I think it is, it's a full-time gig, man. I mean, I got a social media person running my social media, you know, I'm, you know, I'm constantly thinking about, it's my biggest platform as far as how to get in contact with my fans, you know, right. the fast. But, but that's right the, now. but that's the business side of things too. And I don't have a problem. Like when I remember years and years ago, when my sister-in-law, you know, Facebook had just come out and she said, Oh, you really need to get onto Facebook. And I said, why? She says, well, you can connect with all these people and stuff. And so I ended up jumping onto Facebook, setting up a profile yeah. and stuff. But what I recognized in all of it was this is advertising right? This is marketing, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. I don't spend tons of time off uh, on social media doing like on my personal profile, I might post once every six months if I'm lucky, because I really don't use it for that. Um, but I feel sorry for the people that their life is on social media where they have no relationships with people outside of this device or this, this screen, you know, and, and I'm thinking they're missing out on so much because there's, there's people you can actually have coffee with face to face. And there's, there's people you can hang out with and do stuff with, but you're on, on this, you know, it is, it's a, we're seeing, we're seeing the, uh, the effects of it. You know, we're seeing the effects of, social media in our generation i mean look at the presidential you know this last election in the united states it was so you know social media was so politically charged you know it's being it's just changing culture you know everything so i think it's more of a conversation of like how do we you know where do we go from here? You know, and it's never going to go away. You know, they're making right. a meta universe, bro. Like they're yeah. making like a universe that you can like ready player one. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, it's like going to be like that. You know, you can have an avatar and live in this world. And, you know, I think that is just the next phase of what, you know, it sucks. I mean, it's scary. You know, yeah. it's 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 crazy growing up. You know, I grew up, you know, 80s and I was born 87, you know, and grew up in the 90s. And I can't even remember, you know, what it was like. Not, you know, I remember when I didn't have a phone, but mm-hmm. 
it's hard to remember like what did I do you know like you know I just lived life and I saw my friends when I saw them and you know I was intentional and with the people and but now you see that it, people are more spread out they're more content with not you know I don't know it it, it just feels a little different but yeah and I think the pandemic uh, has nurtured that a little too because they haven't been able to I mean that's been the excuse where you couldn't get out to see your friends and all you had was social media so uh, yeah you've got the FaceTime you've got the Zoom calls you've you've got email if you still use that and and uh, messaging yeah. and stuff like that but uh, I think part of it was they didn't have a choice yeah I think there's a lot of I don't know. Who knows, man? There's a, there's a whole agenda out there. You know, there's like, I feel like, I feel like we're seeing the world's condition right now. You know, we're seeing, we're seeing the state of the world's condition. And I feel like for me, I have to start creating narratives and I have to press into what God is saying about it all because I have kids, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm like, and I want them to be able to have influence in the world and I want them to be able to grow up in a world where they're looking at it, not as like, damn, I'm inheriting this, like, dang, I'm inheriting this, like this trash can, but like for them to have the idea of like, okay, I'm going in, you know, and, and they're on mission to love, but it's, it's difficult, man. And I think for me, I've just having to find that balance, find that, that, um, that discipline, you know, the discipline of, okay, I'm only going to be on social media for this many hours. I got to compartmentalize every aspect of my life. Um, and that's, that for me is just what's been getting me through is just self-discipline. Yeah. I think that's the key right there. And, And I've tried to do the same thing where, um, I, I just don't have time to, to jump on there. It's just, I was mentioning this to someone the other day. Um, like simple thing like a phone call i try to make my phone calls in the car with my hands free because i don't want to be stuck on the phone at home when i get home from work when i could be spending time with my family or doing household chores that need to be done i'm not gonna uh you know put that aside uh to be chatting about nothing on the phone with somebody if i'm gonna chat with anybody on the phone i'll do it in my car and and once i get home sorry i'm it's not that I'm not taking calls, but I've got other priorities now, right? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I think everybody could, you know, put that on, you know, implement that in their life. I, you know, the hardest part is to turn off work when you get home. You yeah. know, you get home, and as you know, any entrepreneur, it's you're you're just creating the you know you're creating the future. <laughs> you know, it's an entrepreneurship and faith. You know, it's. Um, those are two things that are you work out with God is how you trust God with your business, you know, yeah. um, and how you trust them with your family. So it's like you have to have faith in all those things being like, OK, if I put the phone down or if I if I put work down, come home and I'm just focused here, yeah. then it's going to be OK. Come, you know, tomorrow morning, you know, but right. sometimes that anxiety and that, you know, that that poverty mindset too, man, you know, for me growing up, I, I grew up poor. So I have, you know, that's one of those things. God, God's healing in me is, you know, and that's why I say healing because healing takes time, you know, and there's some people who get it right over, you know, right away in one encounter. But, um, but you just, there's, it takes time, you know, to, to really 
get things deeply healed, you know, and then I didn't know that for a long time. And so trusting God in, in my career and trusting God with my family is still something that I, that I dig into every single day. You know, it's like, I'm like praying. I'm just like, God, you know, and I go through the ups and downs and, and that's why these songs sound the way they do, you know, savior, um, which is also on my EP, you know, I need a savior. I need a miracle right now. You know, I wrote it in my garage like three winters ago, you know, just, just sitting in there and, and I just didn't know what else to say, you know, and I just sang that out, you know, and, and he meets me in my confession, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but I feel like, people make a lot of decisions out of poverty mindsets. A lot of people make decisions out of anxiety and fear and you can get a lot of affirmation and you can escape a lot through social media right now. And so I'm trying to figure out different escapes, you know, reality is the new escape. Yeah. Yeah. True. I, I, um, I was not well off growing up as well. We lived in subsidized housing for, for a portion of my life. And, and I didn't think anything, you know, I didn't, feel I was poor. You know, we had food on the table and and whatnot. Uh, We didn't go on lavish vacations or, you know, a lot of things that my friends did. Um, But, you know, I, my, my parents were prioritizing on what was important and, and I don't look down on them for anything they did and how they raised me or anything like that. But I will say, and this is something that you and I, I think have in common. um, When you were in school, I guess you got involved in singing and and performing arts, and I did the same thing. I I remember in grade, I guess it was grade six, where my homeroom teacher was also the music teacher, and she recognized that I could sing, and she immediately you know conned me if you want to if you want to call it that to to join the choir i ended up joining the main choir i ended up joining the boys choir ended up uh being part of the what they called the boys triple trio because there was nine of us and she couldn't you know split us any more to smaller groups so she made a boys triple trio and i was uh i think i was singing uh, alto at that time and um and I don't know what I would have done if I wasn't um, involved in that part of my life. And and the flip side to it was the church part of things, where where I went to church if I didn't get involved in the church. So I ended up joining the band way back when, and then from the band I went into the sound ministry, ended up overseeing the sound ministry. And I was I was in my late teens when I was in charge of the sound department. Um, I don't know what would have happened to me if. I wasn't involved in doing stuff like that, whether it be in the church or music or whatever else. I honestly, I don't know where my life would be if I now if I hadn't done those things. Yeah, those are those are good outlets for anybody. I think getting involved in anything that is bigger than yourself, you know, gives you like hope and purpose. You know, there's like you know, direction, you get mentors and people who are really looking out for you. And I think all those things are good. And those helped me too. You know, I've had so many different outlets and, you know, to go back to the whole, I don't, I'm not, I hope I didn't come off as like, I was knocking, knocking on poor people. Or no, like, no, no. Like I said, I grew up poor Yeah. and the poverty mindset. I just want to clarify poverty mindset is when you, when is a, is a mindset that you have when you feel like, um, you, that like, 
God won't provide. You right. Know? And, and you're uh, stuck. And you're stuck. And you're yeah. stuck in this thing, these routines because of the mindset of like, I need to get because you came from a place to where you always needed to get and you were always in desperation. But now in the kingdom of God, there's no striving. So you can feel those things and you can find the the root of things by understanding your testimony. So when I say poverty mindset, it means you know, I struggle with poverty mindset still too, but, um, to, I just wanted to clarify, but to go forward, what you're saying, what you were saying is, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people I think do a lot better when you're involved in, you know, in group activities like that. You know, I think, you know, musically too, you know, there's so many people, people like sports, they like that thing. Um, I did sports in high school, you know, um, and I did, you know, those types of, and I, but then I eventually just did swimming and wrestling and choir when I was in high school. Wow, quite a mix there. Was, <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting. Um, but then I, I kind of, I uh, quit wrestling. Um, well, I wrestled because I had a buddy who wrestled and it was, it was like, it just felt like, oh, okay, cool. I'm pretty strong. Like, you know, and I was, my coaches were like, dang, you know, and I could hustle and, 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 uh, and you know, I grew up without a father. Maybe that's why, because it felt so good to have to like, testosterone flowing. You know, I was wrestling this dude and like pinning dudes down. And, you're the man. And you're the man. Yeah. I'm the, like, yeah, let's go, Ellis. And I'm like, yeah, you know. But then I actually quit wrestling to because I got the lead in the school high school play. <laughs> so was it a musical? Was it a musical or it just... was a it was a musical too. Okay, it was, yeah. The Scarlet. It was the Scarlet Pimpernel of all. <laughs> <laughs> like you know in the scarlet pimpernel you have to he's acting uh kind of flamboyant to cover that he's the guy that's saving all these people from getting their heads chopped off um but uh i uh i quit wrestling and my coach just stared at me and he was like dude get out of here <laughs> but it was but it was uh you know it was fun it was fun being a part of that and um you know i think all these things led to you know what eventually brought me to Jesus you know I was I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for for God though you know a lot of these things um that happened in my life are only because of God I think my whole life you know if I look back I'm like God you planned it all you know and Mm -hmm. I've just been you know what's funny though is like back in the day I didn't even plan on meeting God (laughs) and I still met him and uh and I wasn't even thinking that hard back then. I was <laughs> like just, you know, I was I didn't I wasn't thinking at all and I and I encountered him and then as soon as I encountered him and I'm like Jesus, then I started overthinking. And uh so I'm like man, maybe I'm just overthinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to go back to that whatever that mindset was back in the day. Right. So let's take a um uh, a side uh, thing here. Let's talk about your uh, writing. Um, obviously, you've written a lot on your own, and you've got your own songs that are out there. But uh, what what uh, blows me away, and it shouldn't, uh, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners would would agree to the fact that uh, a lot of times when you hear of a new artist, they're not really a new artist. So everybody is now hearing about Ryan Ellis. But you're not new. I mean, you're just new to us. You've been around for a while, and I mean, you've you've co-written and written songs with uh, or for Chris Tomlin, Natalie Grant, Matt Redman, Meredith Andrews, Stephen Malcolm. You wrote 
Correct me if I'm wrong. You wrote Tomlin's Resurrection Power song? Yes, yes, sir. I mean, that's a huge song, and, and people would, you know, equate that song to Chris Tomlin, but you wrote it. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, that's, you know, it's actually cool to hear all that. I'm glad that that's the resume, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just all these years, um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of, I'm proud of, those those names that you called off those are all really cool god moments you know and i uh i have been doing this for a minute you know and sometimes sometimes it feels like that you know and Mm -hmm. and starting all over you know starting back at square one but it doesn't you know feels like it doesn't there's sometimes it feels like man god we've been doing this a long time you know and and then you and then sometimes i'm like man we've never been here before though and i get like this 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 juice of like of like um okay let's keep going you know and uh my journey has been a journey of just faith you know i i've 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 always pretended like i thought i was calculated you know but at the end god has always been surprising me you know and all those things even the chris tomlin cut you know it wasn't ever like i'm gonna like go into christian music and i'm gonna try to write this song and or even chris tomlin like I just, I, I wrote that song, um, Resurrection Power, when I was in Santa Barbara. I was fresh out the Navy. I was, um, I had, I, after I got out of high school, I, I joined the Navy and I was in for five years. And then I got saved while I was in. My mother and I uh, reconnected. She was the one who started giving me Bible verses and um, and going after me. And, and I eventually that's, got That's saved. what moms and do, right? That's what moms do, man. And, yeah. and, uh, and I just... I just had this real encounter, you know, where I was, I was just like, I, something, something needs to change in my life. You know, I, this is, there's gotta be more to this, you know? And my mom was text messaging me these Bible verses and I was like, I'm not having it. And then it just so- started softening my heart. You know, I started looking into it and then I started questioning, you know, there's, there's like these steps that, you know, people just have to be okay with, you know, like there's one step. The first step is denial, you know, mm-hmm. and the second step is questions. And then the third step is like listening, you know, and I always I went through all those steps and, um, and then I got saved and, or, not, you know, I just, I started implementing into my life you know and and uh and then i got back in california started hanging out my family more um and then i started playing worship my mom and i are very musical my brother as well we all you know grew up singing and playing music by ear and um and i couldn't write a song to save my life it wasn't until i got saved um it wasn't until i started following jesus and i just had something to really sing about um and then all these other moments you know it was it was kind of i had this encounter where i was you know I, was, I got out of the navy in 2011 i had no um i had no idea what i was going to do afterwards because they were kicking people out of the navy it was like a, it was called perform to serve and you had to have x y and z on paper like uh, Obama like had basically cut the military in half, so they were kicking out sailors left and right. You couldn't re- you couldn't reenlist unless you could uh, unless you wanted to change jobs. Right. Um, so I got out 
And I just was like, all right, God, I'm trusting you. I couldn't even get a job as a waiter. Like I was like, I just like was in Afghanistan leading a team of 30, like through the <laughs> desert. Like you telling me I can't take orders. Like I don't have experience. Like I just was like looking for suicide bombers on my base. Like, what are you talking about? And, uh, you know, and that was a huge thing too. I was like, out, I was out of the Navy and I had so much identity in it that I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, who am I? And, um, and then God kind of came through and just showed me that I was like in his army now, you know, I was in his military and, and, uh, but that we did diff things differently, you know, it yeah. was odd of love. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started doing these worship nights and then I moved up to Santa Barbara cause there was this ministry up there called Jesus burgers where they handed out, uh, hamburgers to the college kids partying at night um and i went up there and man i'm serious i saw miracles i saw people get healed i saw people get encounters with god like these kids that are drunk like high and drunk walking on the streets like like thousands of kids walking up and down these streets just look up isla vista party scene and you can see the, like just it's the college party town but there's nothing like it it's right next to the beach we have the house the Jesus Burgers house is right in the middle of the party street oh who wouldn't who wouldn't want a free burger oh that's it that's what I'm saying yeah, man. And that's, that's awesome. the same as the that's the same as the gospel who wouldn't want the gospel it's right. free you know yeah, so people yeah. come up they get the hamburger and I just go up to put my hand on the shoulder like brother you're amazing man God loves you and then he just and then I was let him walk off because mm -hmm. I know he's going to be coming back an hour later to get another hamburger, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, or I'd see them where they live in the neighborhood, you know, and it really taught me how to just love people and not have an agenda, you know, not have an agenda to like, they need to know the gospel. It's like, dude, you got to learn how to talk to people. You got to learn how to get on people's level and make them feel loved. And you can't love people if you have an agenda. So right. it's like. You know, I've, I'm, and I'm still trying to learn that to this day, you know, how to like see people exactly where they're at and not be like, I have something that you need. You yeah. need the gospel. So that is the, the without the agenda part is so hard for people. It's hard because you don't because they've never they've never learned how to love. They've only known love through Jesus. And then their ways of love is very selfish. My way of love is very selfish, you know. So it's like, you know, to look at somebody and just be like, yo. How do I get on this person's level? You know, how do mm -hmm. I just love them for the character that they are? You know, like the homie that, he, you know, there's like these rehab people, you know, that we come and I see and I see them, you know, pretty consistently. The dude missing the tooth with the crazy hair. And I just I love him. I'm like, dude, you are you, bro. Like, you know, I, you know, I'm like when I see him, you know, and he, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I try to get into that mode where I where he feel seen and he doesn't feel judged you know and yeah. that's where you'll get the best out of people but you know when it comes to writing songs and tom and all these people you know that's that's the beauty of god in the sense of you know i was just doing that you know my mission was people it was loving people and a song was birthed out of it called resurrection power and then ed cash who is a a, a He's for he's on We the Kingdom now, yep. but he heard that song out in Kona because another worship leader heard me sing it, and um, Ed Cash, you know, calls me up. You know, we're FaceTiming now, and and then he's helping me dial it in, and and he's like, dude, I think Chris would want to sing this song, man, and and I'm thinking, you know hey well i sing too bro like <laughs> i'm like i was thinking for the second i was like hey it'd be cool but 
you know, that's what makes Ed such, you know, that makes Ed Cash a legend is he's done things like this before where he just, where, you know, what is God doing and who does, who, who is God use and who has the biggest microphone for the church? Cause the revelation is bigger and is bigger to me than the fame. Yeah. And that's why I've been writing for these, you know, all these songs are cut, you know, I could have cut them all myself, but they wouldn't have had the impact, you know, that right. they've had because the people that got us placed in these positions like Tomlin, Redmond, Natalie, Meredith, um, all these people, you know, they've sown in faith in their, in their lives. And God has put them in a place where people trust, you know, who they are and, um, and what they say. And if these guys believe in the revelation, then, Hey, go for it, you know, and, and, and preach it to the church because the church needs to hear it. So resurrection power was like, you know, a song about the Holy spirit living on the inside, you know, and, and, um, now we have so many songs about that, but back then it was it was a, such a fresh revelation for me because I didn't even I was just fresh walking out on this. You know, I got out of the military. I was super legalistic before. I was very legalistic, and then I had a crazy encounter with God's freedom and joy and like freedom from condemnation, freedom from judgment of myself, of other people. Um, and I started walking out in faith that God was just going to lead. And then that brought me all the way here. So for looking at it from a purely, um, um, secular, can I use that word from a, from a purely secular, uh, standpoint, yeah. I think career wise, uh, co-writing or writing songs for these other, uh, more prominent artists, um, perhaps just a stepping stone for your career, but also proving yourself in the industry and ultimately getting the respect so that when you venture out on your own, you've already, you've already done the, all the background work. Like people know who you are. And if they don't, they very quickly understand, you know, what you've done to get where you are. And I guess that was my point in the beginning where, you know, we may not have heard of you, but you've got the experience already under your belt that just kind of pushes you to that next level, whether you, whether you knew it was going to happen or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've been doing this, I've been writing, I've been, I've been in a secret place, you know, I think, mm. I think of like when David was in the cave, you know, what did that homie do when he was in the cave, you know? And that's kind of been my season is, is show is being in the cave, being in the secret place, being in the hiding place. But when it's time to show up, trusting God that he's going to provide, you know, and, and being ready in and out of season, you know, um, all those seasons with Mer you know, the songs with Meredith, the songs with, um, with, with Redmond and, and all these other things that happened, you know, I, for instance, I got called up one night and this isn't, I'm not, you know, trying to toot my own horn. It's just, this is a crazy, you know, I'm not doing anything, you know, I've just been writing, you know, um, and, and if anybody knows most Christian music comes out of Nashville, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. so it's that makes it more Nash difficult for you because you're in California. I'm in California and yeah. I've been staying here because I feel like God has called me here. I feel like God has called me to this state and I feel like I'm going to see a revival here. I feel like I'm going to see this thing from the moment that I got out of the military. The word that God gave me was you're going to see revival in California and everything that I've done is partnered has been interweaved with that from the house churches to the to the to the partnerships, to the different things, to having the connections out to Nashville, but still living here by God's provision, you know, like, and so there's not, you know, 
I'm not riding all the time, <laughs> you know, like I'm not riding as much as these other Nashville riders are, which I admire. And I like envy sometimes because I'm a grinder. I'm a musician. I'm a musical person. I love I stay up late up at night. And I'm just working on music. It's my passion. You yeah. know, I'm passionate about music. And but then so, it's not work at that point anyways. Exactly. So now I'm looking at some of my peers and I'm seeing their exhaustion. And I'm seeing that they're on a grind and I'm actually thankful that I be in California and not doing that. But at the same time, I'm, you know, I'm just sitting in the, in the seat, in the hiding place, like twirling my thumbs, just like, God, what are we doing next? And, right. you know, and so there's periods of time where I'm just in dad life, you know, in the heart of the father, the song heart of the father, <laughs> you know, I sing it to myself too, so that I can just remember, you know, how to raise these kids right and and be a good loving husband and father but you know a, a funny story is you know for months i'm kind of low-key just chilling not doing anything praying god what am i doing you know like i get these crazy huge opportunities like tomlin cutting resurrection power all of a sudden writing with redmond and then Meredith's cutting a song and I'm like, and these are all like months and months and months and months in between. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call and it's like, Hey bro, uh, you led at our church. This is a guy named Jared Gibbo from transparent productions. Um, they put on all the tours for all the Christian artists on the West coast. And he goes, Hey, I saw you lead worship at our church last Sunday. Zach Williams, um, has laryngitis or something like that. And he cannot, you know, he's not coming out. Can you fill his spot? So now out of nowhere, I'm filling in for Zach Williams. Everybody who's come for Zach Williams is like, where the heck is Zach Williams? But then they, you know, find out that his voice is gone. And I have my little band, you know, that I've been practicing with, you know, you know, and, and I'm like, Hey, this, these called us up and we get in, it's a stadium. It's 10,000 people oh, wow. in this stadium. And, um, and God's grace just fell. And dude, we like, I think it went amazing. You know, it was like that moment, you know, as a musician or worship leaders, you can feel when the room is united, you know, and we got there and I was just like, oh my gosh. And then boom, nothing else after that. You know, it was like this amazing moment, transparent productions. Everybody was, oh my gosh, like that was crazy. You know, like everyone was crying. We had this amazing God moment. And then I didn't do anything after that for the next year, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then, you know, and then it's like record deals, record label, you know, coming. I'm like, oh, and my son's passing away and all this. And so all these things, I've just been in this, this secret place and still, and you know, it's just been, I think my heart, you know, God's been getting my heart ready. And so I have been doing this for a minute, but I'm still a beginner. You know, that's yeah. how I like to look at it all every single day. It's like, I'm, I'm beginning again. Well, that's a good way to look at it too, because who knows where you'll be in a year from now or five years from now. Right. And, and if you did know your mind would probably be blown anyways. Right. So, I mean, one, this one, um, when I went up to Jesus Burgers, you know, my pastor up there, he was my mentor. And he's still my mentor. His name is Jason Lomolino. Um, he said this to me, and I just remember it. He goes, if God were to give you everything that you are called to right now, it would crush you. It yeah. would kill you. Yeah. And, and, um, and I believe that. <laughs> I believe it now because of where I'm standing. And back then, I, I, wouldn't, I don't think I would be able to hold all this. But time you know, and years and just, it's like anything working out a muscle over and over and over again to where you got to lift that, that heavy one, you know, when you got to do super set days, you know, yeah. you're ready for that. Your muscles are ready. So I've just been, 
just warming my muscles up, getting yep. ready. So with that to say, then we haven't seen anything yet, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, um, Ryan, uh, what uh, an amazing opportunity to chat with you. Um, I'm, I'm just so looking forward to see what God does in your life. Um, it's, it's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm just loving heart of the father right now. Like that is my song. Um, and I don't get into songs like I'm the music director at the radio station. I'm also the morning show host, but when that song is scheduled and it and it gets played during my show, I mean, it's cranked in the studio because I love it. It's just an amazing, amazing song. And it's that bridge that does it for me. So just, just keep, keep writing stuff like that. Keep it simple. And, and simple. just these amazing, powerful, you know, simple but powerful lyrics and powerful songs and, and arrangements and, and whatnot. It, it's amazing. I love it. Amen. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a blessing. So nice to chat with Ryan Ellis. Make sure you check out his website, ryanellismusic.com, to find the links to his music, chord charts, events, social media, and so much more. It's time for some artist advice. Here's Josh Wilson. I remember one time uh, I was at a meeting uh, for a Christian artist and Bob Goff was speaking and he said, aim for your target. So whatever it is you do, that's your target, right? So the kind of art uh, or songs or writing, whatever God has put in your heart, that's what you're supposed to do. So if you start aiming for someone else's target, let's say I want to write songs like Matthew West and I start shooting for his target. Well, I'm going to miss every time because I need to be going for my target. So uh, we already have a Matthew West. Um, This world um, needs, as far as what I can offer, it needs what I can bring. I don't need to try to be somebody else. Um, So yeah, shoot for your target. Great words of wisdom from Josh Wilson. Aim for your target. Focus on you, not everyone else. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Between the Grooves. Don't forget to catch our annual Christmas show next week. If you subscribe to the podcast, we'll let you know as soon as it drops. In the meantime, always enjoy hearing and seeing your feedback. You can comment on Apple Podcasts or on Twitter and Facebook at Between Grooves. Look forward to celebrating Christmas with you next week. 